0: Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm Ellie Krieger, and in this episode, I'm talking with Dr. Linda Hsu, a physician, chef, and author of the cookbook Spice Box Kitchen. Eat well and be healthy with globally inspired, vegetable forward recipes. Her one real good thing is to spice up everyday healthy ingredients, and she reveals the many health benefits of spices, and we both share our top five spice picks. Dr. Linda Shu, thank you so much for being here. It is such a joy to get to know you and your work, and I wanted to launch into something before we started with your one real good thing. I wanted you to help us understand what is culinary medicine. So you say in your book, and you've told me that you practice culinary medicine. Can you help enlighten us as to what that is?
1: Definitely. It's so great to be with you here, Ellie. Thank you for having me. Um, So culinary medicine is a term which is new to a lot of people. And in fact, it's a field which is fairly new. Um, I think it was first coined in maybe the late 80s, early 90s by Dr. John LaPuma, who's also a doctor and chef. And really what it refers to is the art of food and cooking with the science of medicine and nutrition. And to just make that very simple, it's food as medicine, using what we eat, how we prepare it, and how we choose to put it into our bodies to enhance health and prevent disease
0: and it really does have a tremendous impact. I mean, I think people tuning in here are tuning in probably because they already know that to some degree, but the amount that it really matters, these lifestyle issues, how much they contribute to disease and how much the control we have over them to prevent disease is really remarkable.
1: Oh, it's amazing. You know, I always say that it's, you know, it's not brain surgery, it's not rocket science, but when I made this connection um which was about 10 years into my own primary care practice, And this was now back in, you know, 2012, when I realized the power and my ability and my desire to help people in this way by teaching them how to cook delicious food that would be better for their health, no matter what their health issues were, it was really that light bulb moment. And, you know, I thought I have been in school for so long, I've done so much training and it wasn't in this, right? At that time, I'm like, I've just always loved food and cooking since I was a kid and it didn't occur to me how powerful it could be, but it truly has been the most powerful thing that I do for my patients. And I'm just really grateful that I realized that.
0: I love in your book, how you describe actually writing a prescription for kale chips for one of your patients. That's amazing. That's (laughs) totally amazing. And your one real good thing that we're talking about today, which really comes from in a way, the whole concept of your book, which is the Spice Box Kitchen. What we're talking about is spicing up everyday healthy ingredients. So using spices, exploring spices more. And I think most of us kind of have a sense of that, but really could branch out more in that direction. So we're gonna be talking about that today and giving the whys and hows of that. Um, So talking about the whys of that, why should people increase their use of spices? How does this help?
1: You know, I love spices, it's truly my thing. Um, There are so many reasons, you know, the first is flavor. I always say start with flavor because I think what happens when we talk about health food or healthy food or food that's good for us is what can it do for you in terms of your health? What doesn't it contain in terms of maybe things that are not so great for your health? And then the flavor and how it tastes to you. That's often an afterthought. And I think that's the biggest mistake. And that's why I love culinary medicine. So first, flavor, right? So spices add flavor to our food. And you know, to talk about the health benefits of that... In so doing, you don't rely only on sugar, salt, and fat. You know, those other three things we know we have too much, especially in highly processed food, and that are pretty straightforward flavoring agents. I find spices so much more interesting and also they bring in other parts of the world. So you can be a a pretty, you know, basic cook, someone who either doesn't love cooking that much or doesn't feel that comfortable in the kitchen, but can put something very simple together. And by learning how to use other spices or just experimenting with them, you can actually suddenly have a whole world full of recipes at your arsenal. So I, I love spices for that reason. And the final big reason is that they were our first medicine before we had pharmaceuticals. That's all we had. And a lot of the ancient healing traditions, including you know Ayurveda in India and traditional Chinese medicine, use spices as medicine. They're that powerful. I love that you bring up uh, flavor because I think this is often
0: missing in the conversation about nutrition. So, you know, I'm a registered dietitian and chef. And so I come from a similar background where it's like a clinical sort of background. And then, you know, having this power of food, but the power of food really comes from the passion of it. And I think that often becomes diluted with all this talk, as you say, about the medicinal aspect of it, which is not unimportant, but it's not our main driver to eat things. Right. Um, exactly. So I, I love that you bring that up. And it really re- is reflected so much in your book, which. Where I love, you describe each spice and so many wonderful, healthful ingredients beyond spices, herbs, greens, grains, and so on. And you talk about their specific benefits, but also their traditional use and also their flavor use and basics on how to cook them. I mean, as a cookbook author myself, I really value the amount of time that probably went into actually doing that. So kudos to you. It's a really wonderful resource. Um, it's, It's fabulous. So one of the things also that I love about spices is that a lot of people think healthy eating is boring. You know what? Even just the array of spices in cuisines internationally, there is no way in a million years you have a leg to stand on that healthy is boring when you start to integrate spices into your repertoire. Exactly. And I love how you do that also throughout the world. So in your book, you explore California, which is where you live, right? Mm -hmm. And you explore Asia. Through your travels and so on, and also even the Caribbean. I see you have uh, Trinidadian recipes because of your husband. So it's wonderful how you bring and the Mediterranean and w- as well. So it's wonderful how you bring in all of these aspects. So we understand taste. We can travel the world. It keeps healthy food exciting, which is something that I think is really important. And then also there are health benefits. There are medicinal benefits. Can you sort of? generally say what the benefits
1: of spices are? Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they all do have their specific benefits, but in general, spices are anti-inflammatory and they have a lot of antioxidants. What does this mean? What does this translate to? Both of those properties mean that they can prevent the onset of chronic diseases. So that's what, you know, aside from accidents, will get all of us in the end, or some sort of chronic disease, including things like heart disease, various cancers, uh, diabetes, even all of these things that are very common things that really affect people's health around the world, actually, not just here. And um, what we've learned in recent years is that inflammation doesn't just mean, you know, ouch, my, my back is achy, I have creaky knees. That's what a lot of people think inflammation is. But it actually refers to basically all the this whole complex... Chemistry that happens in our bodies—that kind of says our bodies are on high alert, they're on high stress, and that contributes to the onset of these chronic diseases. So by combating that, that plays a huge role in in general in our health. Um, and then the antioxidants—literally, um, it's it's a similar idea where stress causes our bodies to start oxidizing things, and that breaks them down into harmful chemicals and can lead all the way down to you know causing cancer, for example. And so the antioxidants are very powerful. Um, They're present in spices and they're present in plant-based foods, but they're not present in animal-based products. So I also want to mention that the power and the importance of produce, because um, that's what this book features mainly. It's
0: remarkable how much power is in plant food, really. And also what I love about spices. So thank you for clarifying that about inflammation, because I think this word is Tossed around a lot and we're it's not entirely clear always what that means. So thank you for that. That's really enlightening. Also, spices, I love when things hit the sweet spot where delicious and healthy meat. So it's always seems very poetic and beautiful to me that these foods, which these elements, these spices, which add so much flavor and joy and excitement also have these powerful anti-inflammatory antioxidant benefits. So it's just a remarkable, beautiful thing about food to me. So the thing is though, where do people begin? A lot of people I think want to add spices. I get this question a lot. What are your top five spices that you would add to your cupboard if you were just going to buy five? And I honestly... I have so many different spices and seasonings in my cupboard. Like I couldn't pick, this is the palette. This is like the artist's palette, right? Right, You don't want to limit your colors. But if you were to kind of, I actually made a list of five for myself (laughs) somehow, which I'll reveal, but what do you think might be your top
1: five,
0: if you could?
1: It's such a hard question. And of course, I knew that you were going to ask me this. And and I've been asked this so many times, and I I think I change it up every time. But I think I want to start first with how I would advise other people on thinking about spices, right? So I think there is some fear or like there's a mystery around spices. So I, I like to say... Think about their own, you know, maybe their own cultural heritage or the food they grew up eating, or even, you know, spices that remind them of a cuisine that they really love, even if it's not their own heritage. And start there. You know, start with those basic flavors that bring that place to you. Um, And that might be a place that just feels a little bit more comfortable and it's not as intimidating. And then another thing I think about is if I'm trying to help people integrate more vegetables into their diets, are which spices actually really enhance the flavors of vegetables and are kind of found in many different cuisines? So if I have to name those, I'm going to say the spices which I probably use very often and are great at enhancing vegetable flavors and are used in multiple cuisines. I would start with garlic. So whether you use it in a fresh form or dried in garlic powder, that is used kind of throughout the world and. It has has great health benefits so garlic is one of them ginger is another one um, it can also be used in sweet and savory preparations has a lot of health benefits cumin is another one so whether you use it in whole seed form or ground um, it's used in a lot of different cuisines you know I, I can name so many of them you know in my book itself in a lot of middle eastern cuisine mexican cuisine indian food um, and even some other cuisines that you may not associate it with for example uh, cumin is used a lot in um, parts of chinese Chinese cuisine as well. I think that's a really good basic one and grows really great with vegetables. So that's three so far Um, as (laughs) a fourth. um, This one I actually will throw out as my kind of secret weapon for people who are trying to eat a more plant-based diet, which is uh, pimentone or smoked paprika. So it has that smokiness, which for some people is obviously not the same as meatiness, but can give that sort of bacony flavor and really enhances vegetables. And then I think as a final spice, actually just one of my favorites is cardamom, which again can be used in sweet and savory preparations. I think people are more familiar with in baked goods, Um, but I just love it. It's my favorite spice and I often start my day with a sprinkle of it um, or ground into my coffee. Oh, I'm going to try
0: that. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, we're so on the same page. I have, I have almost the same ones as you do. <laughs> Garlic, cumin, ginger. I said paprika, but I didn't say smoked paprika in my list, but really any kind of paprika. But one thing I personally love to do with smoked paprika is if you do put it on mushrooms, if you're sauteing mushrooms or you're roasting mushrooms, it really does give that kind of, if maybe a recipe typically calls for ham or bacon, mm-hmm. it gives a similar type of vibe, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how how powerful just that little bit can be.
0: Yeah. And and the aroma of it is just delightful. And then I picked cinnamon, which is interesting that you picked cardamom because now I might have to, I'm going to run with cardamom a little bit more in my life because I do think they're sort of interchangeable in many recipes they have that warm sweet aromatic sort of essence to them. Mm-hmm. So this are that's a great start. And one of the things that I think maybe this may sound obvious, but I think to a lot of people it's not obvious when you say use more spice, people say, "Oh, I don't like spicy food." Yes. Which yes. I think they often are thinking of that as hot spice, as mm-hmm. like picante, right? Right, <laughs> um, right. And so spice doesn't necessarily mean that. And then maybe that sounds like I don't need to say that to many people, but I think others um, really, even peppers, even ground chilies, Mm -hmm. many of them are not hot spicy at all. Many of them just add this incredible umami deep Mm -hmm. flavor and all those health benefits. One of the other things that you had mentioned that I'd really like to come back to a little bit is that you talked about how they help you use less Salt and sugar, and so on. And this is one of the things I think is really wonderful and important to mention that it's not that we say don't use any salt and sugar. I mean, so some salt and sugar can help kind of bring the balance to life and tie everything together. But to me, I've always said it's about not leaning on those flavors. So if you're leaning on salt and sugar, you're going to have f- foods that are overly high in those ingredients. But if you use a wealth of different spices and then you add salt and sugar as needed to round it out, um, Mm -hmm. or you have find recipes that do that, which is our basic cooking philosophy um, that we both share, then you're gonna be in a good balance of flavor and health. So I think that's really an important point here of how to use spices and another advantage of them.
1: Oh yeah, we're totally on the same page with Mm -hmm. that. I
0: love your point about starting with flavors that are familiar to you and then maybe branching out. And I do think that little bit of branching out just having a little play, right? So during um, the the pandemic lockdown, I was cooking my own food all the time. Of course, I kept me healthy and well and and enthusiastic most of the time, but I just started getting really bored with my own darn cooking. (laughs) And I think most of us feel that way. I mean, I, I love, I live in New York City. I go out to eat a lot and I usually would have that opportunity to try different flavors from around the world on a regular basis. So I was stuck at home and not having as much of an experience of that. So I, I started looking into this um, Korean cookbook called My Korea, and I wound up buying, in order to make one of the recipes, some gochugaru. I didn't. Have, this is like a uh, smoky, not too hot spice, a not too hot kind of chili pepper mix from uh, that's typical in Korean cooking. And I wound up. It literally lit my fire. It really gave me that enthusiasm back. This one spice. I mean it was amazing because I wound up besides using it for that one recipe, then you you look at this and you're like, okay, what am I going to do with the rest of it? And I think put it on potatoes. That's one thing that you can yeah. pretty much do with any spice. Put That's it on potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> and eggs. That's the other thing. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is, if you want to experiment and play a little, a little bit on, sprinkle some on some eggs, sprinkle some on some potatoes before you're roasting them or after you're roasting them. Um, And that's just a good way to kind of like get wedge that spice into your life a little bit or begin to do that.
1: I think that's great. Yeah. You know, I, I think that an example is if you like this X spice, try this other one that's similar, but just slightly different. And then it's also less intimidating, right? So if you like, you know, crush red pepper, I think you'll like gochugaru and it's either about the same amount of spiciness. In fact, gochugaru might be a little bit less spicy in terms of that. Um, and it's more fun.
0: Yeah, totally. And and it is about that having fun. And so many of the recipes in your book, I mean, you you wouldn't see believe the amount of tabs I have on your book, <laughs> um, but some of the recipes that I think are interesting are literally like the ingredients, it's using everyday ingredients. And this is part of your one real good thing is that it's everyday ingredients that you can literally bring to life. So if you're looking in your cupboard and you're looking at, oh, I don't know, oatmeal or... Oh gosh, I'm there's this one recipe here, rice and lentils, mm-hmm. and it's kind of um, with caramelized onions. And I think this is a typical sort of Middle Eastern, North African preparation. So if you, who doesn't have rice and lentils in their cupboard, they're inexpensive. They're maybe boring sounding, right? But then suddenly you're putting cumin and you're putting allspice and cinnamon. And I love using cinnamon in kind of savory foods like yeah. that. It, it just yeah. brings so much warmth and delight. And cumin seeds, too. That's another one. I love cumin. Ground cumin is a staple, but also cumin seeds are like an entirely different flavor and experience in your mouth. Yes. So I love that, too, in that particular lentil recipe. Or let's say you're making oatmeal, you know, sprinkle a little cardamom in there. That would be a wonderful.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it is really the simplest thing, but it makes all the difference. You know, there actually there, I do have a a couple of oatmeal recipes in the book, but one that didn't make it and maybe because it sounded too boring, just involves putting a few whole cloves into the oatmeal as you're slowly cooking it. And it's like this very old fashioned flavor, but it's a very warm flavor, like, you know, like a like a hug, really. It seems like a grandmother's type of recipe, but I love that for winter, especially. And so, you know, I was talking to a friend who works in spices recently, and um, you know, he's like, "Yeah, some of the the recipes in your book are very like people are, are, are very approachable from kind of a everybody knows those spices, everybody has used those spices way, and and some of them are are whoa out there." And I'm thinking. But they shouldn't be. They're just kind of unfamiliar to people. But, um, you know, as one example, sumac is not common in many people's cupboards um, unless they cook a lot of Middle Eastern cuisine, in which case it's ubiquitous. But I think, you know, well, if people like lemon juice, they'll like sumac. And so it's really a way of rethinking what what is this? It's not something you know, exotic or foreign necessarily. It's just not familiar to you. But I bet you most of these spices will remind you of something else that you like.
0: Yes. So first of all, sumac is also native in the Americas, I believe. And my husband forages sumac regularly and dries it. So he's an outdoors guy and runs an outdoor education business. And so he's always bringing home foraged food. Oh, that's (laughs) great. Sumac is one of the regular things. So I just sort of, he makes a tea from it, which is just lovely. Uh-huh. And also, there it's like great for iced tea because it has that citrusiness to it. But also, I love the idea of cloves in oatmeal. You are just so inspiring to me, Dr. Shu. <laughs> i I because I wouldn't have thought of that. And actually, in the winter, I happen to love the flavor of cloves with orange and orange peel. Yes. so I think even in the winter when citrus is really at its prime, too, maybe even take some orange peel, citrus peel and put it in your oatmeal too to simmer. And then maybe even slice up that orange and some wedges um, when it's done. So that would be a fun, fun twist on for your oatmeal. So I love that. Thank you for that idea. And so just before we kind of wrap up, I just wanted to talk about some maybe more practical things, like when you're buying spices, what Mm -hmm. kinds of things do you look for? One of my sort of golden rules is to buy a very small Package of spice. So all of those giant things of like that you get in the big box stores, unless you're really, you know, you're going to go through it. You're better off buying a small amount and rebuying fresh more often.
1: Yes. I I agree with you. Those really large big box amounts, you know, like that, those are for restaurants. I mean, there's no way that even if you're cooking for a family of 12 and you're cooking three meals a day, I think it would be virtually impossible to go through that while it's still fresh. And depending on where you get your spices, sometimes by the time you buy them, even if they're expensively packaged and fancy, they can actually be you know, a few years old. So the older spice, you know, the less flavor and also the less you'll have in terms of health benefits. And so that's something to think about for sure. Um, but buying a smaller amount also is a way of trying it out. If it's new to you and you're like, oh, I really don't like that. I'm not gonna use it again. It doesn't feel bad to not use it anymore as opposed to when you, you've committed to a very large amount of spices. Another thing to think about is um, how is it packaged? So it doesn't matter probably equally for all spices, but for many spices, because so much of that flavor comes from essential oils in it, um, you want something that really keeps that in, keeps it well sealed in. And so um, buying in glass jars or transferring, storing to glass jars or to metal to something that doesn't allow a lot of light in is actually very important too, right? So when you're buying, first of all, buy the freshest that you can, buy the right amount so that you don't waste it before it starts losing all of its flavor and health properties, uh, and then storing it properly properly. So on that note, if it's something that you may not use as often, buying whole spices is also a way of making sure that you have the freshest uh, flavor um, when you actually use it. So buying it whole, keeping it stored away from heat, away from light, and ideally in glass or metal, and then um, basically freshly grinding it when you're using it. That is a great way to maximize the flavor that you want to get out of your spices.
0: That's terrific advice. And I think when buying it, okay, I definitely, you know, we'll just go to my local store and pick up a, a jar of spices, no doubt. But whenever possible, I go to a real spice store mm-hmm. where I can be kind of just immersed in the glory and it can be overwhelming. So yeah. maybe go in with a list even and let yourself get carried away by one or two things. But what I love about going to a spice store is your you're probably getting a fresher product if it's if there's mm-hmm. good turnover at this store, yes. and then you can really tap the wisdom of the person who's selling it. Oh, yeah! And I love that as well to really get into that conversation with the spice seller of what is this and what do you use it for, and what what are some of your favorite ways to to use it?
1: So yeah, no, I think that's great because that's the other way to not be afraid of it. Just get ideas from people, and one of the things that can help people is maybe to think about again what spices go with, you know, which cuisine. And that's one of the things that I do in Spice Box Kitchen is in the beginning of each section, I give a spice pantry. So for example, if you want to start cooking Asian food, and obviously that's a very, a huge amount of different types of cuisines, um, maybe these are the essential spices that you need. And that's a good start instead of like bringing home the whole spice store, starting with a core.
0: Right. And which is to your point, you know, cumin, coriander, ginger, garlic are used in so many different world cuisines. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to start with just a few, if you're really more remedial in that, you know, (laughs) launch into that, and then you can kind of branch off a little bit into almost anything. I mean, it's really quite remarkable. Mm -hmm.
1: So is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? I think the other thing about using spices, um, which I have a section on in the book as well, is actually how to use them. So besides storing them properly and when you're cooking them, you can really enhance their flavor by toasting them, for example, or warming them in oil. So, um, you know, both what you talked about using salt, the right amount of, I like to say the right amount of salt at the right time in cooking, same thing with spices. You're not going to be, you know, except for finishing the flavor, dumping them in at the end is not the best way to get their flavor out you know, basically uh, exposing them to heat in the beginning, um, whether it's dry heat or heat combined with oil really brings up more of their flavor and then it will slowly infuse into your food. So I think, um, you know, there are a lot of very simple ways that people who are new to spices can use them and they'll be really surprised by how much it enhances their everyday cooking.
0: Terrific advice. I thank you so much for being here. I personally am incredibly inspired to try even more spices in my life, if that was even possible. Um, so thank you so much, Dr. Shu, and congratulations on the wonderful book, Spice Box Kitchen. I know I'm going to be enjoying it for a long time to come. And I really appreciate your being here.
1: Thank you so much, Ellie. I've been a fan of yours for a while. So this has been so exciting for me. Thank you. Mutual
0: admiration society.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to add more spices to your life. Go to dot to learn more about Dr. Shu and get links to easy spice filled recipes. Join me next time for another one real good thing.